Morning, y'all. I'm Stephen Artery, in for Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, February 22nd. On this date, in 1732, George Washington was born in the Virginia colony. Washington's birthday is now celebrated as President's Day, which was this past Monday. And on this date in 1989, history at the Grammys. Jethro Tull won the first metal Grammy, and DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince won the first rap Grammy. Now, for your Morning Y'all trivia question, we go all the way back to the year 1630, when English colonists in the Massachusetts Bay Colony sampled a treat Native Americans brought for their Thanksgiving celebration. And it wasn't what you'd call a traditional Thanksgiving dish. Can you guess what that treat was? I'll have that answer coming up, but now... It's time to check on your first alert forecast. And good Thursday morning to you. Sunshine plentiful this morning as temperatures start out in the 30s and 40s. Still a little chilly outside, but we will warm up. Partly cloudy, 64 at lunchtime. We go in the upper 60s for high temperatures this afternoon. You'll notice clouds start to thicken up late this afternoon into this evening and overnight. Rain chance goes up on our Friday with some scattered rain in the morning and the afternoon. Should be dry by Friday evening. Dry for most of Saturday, but late in the afternoon, early evening hours, there may be a couple spotty showers cool down over the weekend with high temperatures in the 60s you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the low country's news leader life 5 news now let's get to your morning headlines I'm Shelby Roberts, and we are continuing to follow an officer-involved shooting investigation out of North Charleston this morning. We've been on that scene of that incident since late last night. What we know at this hour is this all started last night around 9.30. That's when North Charleston police were involved in a shots-fired incident. There was a short car chase, we're told, and it ended around the intersection of Highway 78 in Shipley Street. This is the area near Ladson Road and the I-26 overpass. We've got crews on scene. We'll take you out there in just a few moments. MUSC affiliate Tideland's Health is launching a new electronic medical record system alongside a new app. Officials say the My Tideland's Health app will make healthcare delivery easier for both you and providers. Life 5's Destiny Kennedy explains how it compares to the current system. The new medical record system, Epic, will replace multiple separate systems used by Tideland's with a single state-of-the-art platform. Officials with Tideland's Health tell me the new system will transform the delivery of healthcare across the region by streamlining access to medical information, improving care coordination for patients and providers, and enhancing care delivery. The $40 million investment in Epic and related technologies will give care providers and patients access to all patients' health records in one convenient place. Currently, Thailand's has multiple different systems in place, which makes it hard for patients and care team members to access information. And because Thailand's Health is the region's MUSC Health affiliate, the Thailand's Health Epic platform will be integrated with the MUSC Health Epic system. Vice President of Title and Cells at Thailand's Health, Amy Stevens, explains the importance of patients having visibility and control of their medical records. So if you're a patient, for instance, and, you know, maybe you live here six months out of the year and you live in Ohio six months out of the year, you know, you'll be able to conveniently see your medical records across multiple organizations, which is which is the idea of the electronic medical record is to to make that that visibility and that connectivity as as convenient as it can be. As part of the transition to Epic, Thailand's Health is introducing the new My Thailand's Health app, which is available for download at no cost in the App Store and Google Play Store. 
Users can find a provider, get directions to Tideland's health locations, explore health tips, view medical records, schedule appointments, request prescription refills, message their providers, pay bills, and more. The conversion to Epic and patients' ability to access their MyChart through MyTitlands app will be available March 2nd. Reporting in the newsroom, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. You could soon get the same care that you would get in a hospital in the comfort of your own home permanently. The process was allowed as an experiment during the COVID pandemic and a bill moving through the state house would keep it in place. Under it, a nurse or community paramedic could visit the patient's home at least twice a day and constantly monitor their vitals. Supporters say by getting that care at home, you're less likely to get an infection or become delirious. The bill is still in the subcommittee, but could hit the Senate floor in the coming weeks. If you are feeling generous, today is a great day to give blood. Trident Medical Facilities are holding six blood drives today. Those participating Trident locations are right here on your screen. They include the newly opened James Island Emergency and Trident Medical Center. The first drive opens at 730 this morning, the latest one closing at 6 p.m. Heads up, you do have to schedule an appointment to give blood today, and you can do so by visiting live5news.com and looking under the big red box. Well, we're starting your day off with some breaking news right now out of North Charleston, where we continue to follow an officer-involved shooting near Shipley Street and Ladson Road. Yeah, our Autumn Klein is joining us live from North Charleston City Hall. So, Autumn, we know this has been a developing scene all throughout the night. Where are we right now? Nick, Shelby, like you guys said, we do know that around 9.30 last night there was an officer-involved shooting with the North Charleston Police Department um, and on, off of Shipley Street and Highway 78. I was just in that area and the scene was clear, but if you take a look at your screen, we'll show you some video from that scene last night. Uh, we know that officers were involved in a brief car trade. Tra- brief car chase previous to the shooting and that car chase ended in that area off of Shipley Street. We know that one person was in the car and they ran, which is when those shots were fired. We are currently working with police to learn if anyone was injured or if an arrest was made. SLED is currently investigating and we know that all North Charleston police officers involved were placed on administrative duty. So as we know, these details are very limited, but we are in contact with officials and are working to learn more, and we will update you guys as we do. Back to you guys. Dozens of potential South Carolina judges are awaiting election as state lawmakers hold them up in an attempt to change the way they're selected. Right now, a committee of lawmakers screen the judicial candidates and send the names of their finalists to the entire legislature for election. But now senators are looking to uh, into dozens of possible changes that could not only require your approval, but also edits to the state's constitution. They're weighing a number of options, including changing who's on the screening committee, giving the governor a bigger role, and allowing more elections. There are a lot of issues that are out there as well about how the election's conducted, how long people have to review the report once it's issued. Um, so those are some things that have meaningful impact to any reform measure, but I think most people seem to be focused on the makeup of commission and then who actually can be screened out, what number. If lawmakers want to implement judicial reform, they'll have to do so by mid-May or risk having to start the process over next year. 
Also at the State House, colleges and universities are putting their rivalries aside to show some support for an updated name, image, and likeness bill. A Senate Education Subcommittee voted in favor of advancing the bills. The current bill allows student athletes to profit off of partnerships and products. But right now, coaches and athletic directors have very little say in the deals. The new bill would allow athletic departments to help make those decisions. At the end of the day, for for us, and I think we're in alignment on this, this is about advocacy for our students. Uh, we we have a lot of resource, a lot of wisdom at our disposal and at our staff's disposal uh, that right now we are unable to impart to the degree that we would like. The bill would place applicable term limits in NIL contracts, provide additional institutional protections with limits to safeguard student privacy, and remove the cap in third-party compensation. The new committee is hearing your input and addressing your concerns about short-term rentals on Seabrook Island. The new committee is made up of a town councilman, homeowners, and some short-term rental owners. The group met for the first time yesterday and was sparked with debate among homeowners. They want to address the issues that they claim renters are responsible for, like noise, speeding, and feeding alligators. The committee will hold another public forum virtually tonight at 5.30. You can find a link to join under this web story on live5news.com. A gas-fired power plant that could sit along the Edisto River was approved by state lawmakers, but not without creating concern. The project would require a new natural gas pipeline, which has homeowners worried about its impact on the river and others, uh, other considering its legislative consequences. The Southern Environmental Law Center is one organization opposing the plant, and the bill it's tied to says it would rush the environmental review process Santi Cooper is financing the project and says its analysis shows the plan poses low cost and risk to its energy customers. The plant still needs its permits and other approvals before it's finalized. A James Island man claims an area on Fort Johnson Road is lacking crosswalk signs in his neighborhood. The issue, he says, is leading to some safety concerns, and he says it's been a problem for almost two years now. Traffic anchor Alicia Va Wimberly joins us now and tells us uh, tell us exactly where this problem is on Fort Johnson and what viewers want to be done about it. Good morning, Alicia. Yeah, good morning, Nick and Shelby. This viewer, unfortunately, has been waiting two years for this crosswalk situation to be remedied on what he says is overall a safe neighborhood. Gabe Macaluso has lived on James Island for almost four years and says he absolutely loves the area. His family calls James Island the sandlot because of how welcoming the neighborhood is for children and families. Macaluso lives less than a mile from Styles Point Elementary, where his youngest son rides his bike to school. It was then he noticed the lack of proper placement of crosswalk signage in the area. On Fort Johnson Road at Tallwood and Joe Rivers, Macaluso says the crosswalk signs only face one direction and cars frequently drive right through when pedestrians are waiting to cross. He even says in October of 2022, he notified SCDOT on the issue and ultimately nothing has been accomplished. We don't always blame the cars for like blowing through the crosswalk sign because there's no crosswalk sign facing them. And like the two streets are close, but they're probably two or three blocks away. So I don't know if the Department of Transportation just figured like, oh, if we put one crosswalk at this end and then one crosswalk at this gap, like, It'll cover it. 
We received answers from SCDOT that says, in part, we did pass along this information to their local office so that the traffic and maintenance teams can work together and address the missing sign and marking and pavement markings. Typically, those issues are addressed in 30 to 60 days. Now, if you have a road that's driving you crazy, you can head to this web story on Life5News.com and let us know. Back to y'all. Some big history is the inspiration behind a small new stamp that you could be seeing on your mail. And it's the focus of a special program at Goose Creek Elementary tonight. That's where we find Live Five's Tiana Maxwell. Tiana, what's the goal behind the event? Good morning. Good morning, Shelby and Nick. The NAACP Goose Creek branch will host their second annual Black History Month event here at Goose Creek Elementary. Today, the Goose Creek branch joins with the school to showcase African-American arts, focusing on our youth. The goal is to teach students about African-American contributions to American history. The organization partners with the United Postal Service to, to highlight Constance Baker Motley's forever stamp. It's honoring her as a civil rights pioneer and first black woman to serve as a federal judge. Earlier this year, students got a chance to design their own stamps for the Design Your Own Stamp contest led by the USPS and Goose Creek NAACP. Winners will be announced tonight. The president of the NAACP Goose Creek branch, Sharina Haynes, tells me that they are excited to honor Constance Baker Motley and want to encourage students to explore and gain information. This is just a celebration of African Americans in the arts, along with honoring our students. Uh, we had a stamp contest, and so the winners will be highlighted during the program. And it's just a celebration um, to kind of explore the themes and make sure that we are commemorating this not only in February, but throughout the year. Haynes says the event will have special guests like Goose Creek Mayor Gregory Habib and District 15 Representative J.A. Moore attending tonight. Tonight's event will begin at 6 o'clock, and if you'd like to take a stamp home, these stamps can't, these forever stamps rather, can be purchased for 68 cents or a full sheet. In Goose Creek, Tiana Maxwell, Life 5 News. At the top of the podcast, I told you that on this date in 1630, English colonists sampled for the first time a treat brought in by Native Americans at their Thanksgiving celebration. What was that treat? It was popcorn. In celebrating birthdays this Thursday, actor James Hong is 95. Basketball Hall of Famer Julius Irving is 74. Actor Kyle MacLachlan is 65. Actress-comedian Rachel Dratch is 58. Actor Thomas Jane is 55, and actress Drew Barrymore is 49. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Stephen Artery, in for Katie Kamen, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.